0: Okay. Have you heard of Ranked Choice Voting? I understand it, yes. Yeah. We do this all the time when my family's trying to decide what movie to watch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast.
1: What you got? Well, we got a big topic today, and that is big election reforms. Hmm. Yeah. I think most people who are engaged in politics these days realize that our election process needs some serious changes. Right. It's not fair to everyone. Correct. The changes that are being um, seriously proposed in various legislatures, most of them are really small incremental changes. Things like mail-in ballots, um, uh, ballot drop boxes, stuff like that. That's fine. That's fine and good. But what I want to talk about today is big systematic changes that I think that we need to make. Okay. Um things like generations ago when we abolished the poll tax, right? Um, we used to have like mental fitness tests in order to take to vote um, and then those were abolished. I'm talking about big systematic changes like that. okay um, the, So here's the thing. the method really of our election has been com- almost completely unchanged in the last two hundred years. Mm-hmm. We use electronic counting methods now. that's new, but it doesn't really t- change a whole lot in terms of fairness, right. Right, so today I want to leave aside the electoral college. There's some big changes that some people want with that um, to go to a to Mm -mm. to abolish electoral college. I get that. Um, I have you and I have both have voted in in uh, a number of presidential elections when the person who got the most votes did not win the election. Yeah, and I and that on its face seems unfair. I'm actually for the electoral college. Yeah, you said we're going to leave that aside. Yeah, Yeah, there's advantages and disadvantages. That's for another day. Uh, But here, I want to tackle three problems, each in turn, um, and each with a very simple but powerful solution. You ready? I'm ready. Number one, I want to start by telling you the change that I'd like to see, and then I'll tell you the problem that it solves. In Australia, they require all citizens to vote. All right. In every election, everyone has to vote. And if you don't vote, you get fined. Wow. They have worked out the logistics to make sure that everybody actually can vote. We would have to do that Mm -hmm. in order to make this happen. But you're when you go, you're allowed to vote for no one.
0: Yeah. You're you allowed can, to go. You can abstain. You can abstain. You, you gotta show up. You gotta and, show
1: up, present yourself. Okay. And you don't literally have to vote, but you gotta go and go to the bowling place and show yourself. Or you gotta mail in your ballot that says, I'm not gonna vote for anybody. You have okay. to do that. Or you get fined. Okay?
0: Okay, I'm curious.
1: Um, this is really different than our nation. Right? In the last presidential election. Our nation broke all of its records when we had 66.7% of eligible voters cast a vote. That's Uh the most ever. Usually our percentage is in the 50s for the presidential campaign, um, and it's much lower for all other elections. In other words, the majority of people in our country who are eligible to vote, they don't vote, and so we don't hear their voices. Mm -hmm. If we require everyone to vote, it'll mean that... um, with, with everyone voting, it means the candidates will have. Here is the good thing: will have to appeal to the vast majority of people who don't normally vote. Okay, um, the people who uh, who typically vote um, are those on the extreme right or the extreme left, and so our candidates are appealing to those votes: the extreme far right or the extreme far left. The people in the middle don't feel like anybody represents them. And so they're not in, in excited about politics at all. And so, and the candidates don't have to appeal to them. Right. Interesting. That vast middle. Okay. If we require people to vote, it'll be, it, it's, uh, it solves a couple of problems. One of the things that it'll become sort of like paying income tax or having a social security number. It's just what it means to be an American is that we vote. That's not true right now. Right. Um, it, so it'll increase civic engagement. And then it also, it reduces partisanship so that moderate candidates stand a much better chance. I like that. Um, so this is the idea, number one. Require everyone to vote, which is going to reduce extreme partisanship. And that's what we see in other countries that do this. We do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've done a little research on this. And yeah, so Australia yeah. requires this, Luxembourg, Costa Rica, Uruguay, Belgium, Bolivia, Peru, many others have mandatory voting with various penalties. and it's, And it has been
0: shown to better represent the middle of the country. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Because the extremes, um, yeah. it, those are the people who are voting, right? And they're the people who are deciding now. Yeah. I mean, we, we have our primaries. People are,
0: are super liberal or super conservative, depending on which party they're in. Exactly. Until they get elected, and exactly. then they've got
1: to move to the middle. and it's, Exactly. We all know it's like a, a dog and pony show. Yes. Yeah. That's right it's ridiculous um, but if we have but people who are actually moderate and can appeal to the vast majority of people yeah that's why our candidates have no motivation to appeal to this ma- this the, right. this vast majority to you and that me. are in the middle yeah. to you and me they're not trying to reach us I'm I know that I'm not their uh, target audience right I know that I'm not and so I'm just kind of reluctant to vote but there I, I'll bet you anything there's somebody out there that would represent me well I haven't found anybody yet right. Yeah, I okay. think this is, a, this is a great idea, and it would reduce partisanship in, in lots of ways. One of the uh, negative things about it is that it's, it's uh, people say that it it uh, violates free speech because voting is a form of speech, and so they say f- to force someone to make a choice and to say something mm-hmm. that they don't want to say. But I think that that's why we, we give the ability to not vote, but you've got to go and be there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting, I've never heard this before. have you not no,
1: what do you think about it on first off? uh
0: yeah knee-jerk reaction if it's going to produce a, a less partisanship and, and a, a better wholesome sense of the American people yeah. coming together yeah, uh, then I like it.
1: do you think yeah. it will do that? Um, can you see that that's a, that's a result of it?
0: Oh I don't know. I mean I'm yeah. going on the data on that it, yeah. you know I, I was kind of surprised to hear you say that that uh, most people voting are in the on the the extreme fringes oh yeah, yeah, I think that's um, right. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, know can, I right. certainly can understand the people in the middle, people like you and me, not yeah. having a candidate that represents them. That's right. true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we need we need a third party or something. Yeah, ma- maybe this would help.
1: Yeah, okay. So speaking of third party, let me give you a, yeah. a second a second idea here. Yeah, here's another problem. Think of a let's think of a, a scenario in which the, we've got a field of nine candidates standing mm-hmm. for election. Right. Okay. In the group of nine, you've got six who are pretty popular, and they're all very similar in their policy positions, but they have some slight differences in policies, but they're very similar. Yeah. Okay? But the candidates are from are quite different people on their own, these six people out of the nine. So, they're different races. You've got men and women, some from rich, some from poor backgrounds, some are super articulate, others are super passionate. you just got a different mix of, in sure. these six groups. I mean, six people. And so, each of the six similar candidates... Um, has their own following, even though their policies are are uh, you know pretty similar. Okay. Are any of them smoking hot? <laughs> <laughs> one is me. One is smoking hot. <laughs> Should I run for president? <laughs> you could, but you wouldn't be the smoking hot one.
0: Oh man.
1: <laughs> well, well, I don't know. It depends on who else you're standing next to. Hey, if you like thick and greasy, I might be your man. That's true. That's okay. true. Okay, so those are the six. Then you have two others who, two other candidates who okay. are long shots. Like they're just sure crazy. they shouldn't even be in the race. Okay. Okay. But then you've got that last one who is a crazy candidate who stands up for some pretty outlandish policies and has a very small but very loyal group of supporters. Uh-huh. Okay. So most voters do not prefer that crazy candidate. They do not want that person right. to be in office. Right. But the vast majority of the voters, when they go to the polls, they all split their votes among the six decent candidates, which means that the crazy one wins. Right. Does that sound familiar? It does. It, that has happened a number of times in several elections recently. Okay. And I think that this is a terrible system. Uh-huh. So let me so offer- So you're talking about primaries here. So primaries, but this yep. also can work in uh, different- So primaries for presidential elections, uh-huh. but sometimes you've got um, other- uh, you, You've got uh, uh, open seat elections or whatever uh-huh. that, that don't do, and so you've got people from different um, camps that can be here as well. Anyway, so here's my solution. And that is ranked choice voting. Okay. Have you heard of ranked choice voting? I understand it, yes. Yeah. We do this all the time when my family's trying to decide what movie to watch. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So in in a ranked choice voting system, each voter ranks his or her first choice, and then second, and then third, right. and so on. And then all the first choice votes are tallied. And if one person gets more than 50%, that person wins. But if not, then the candidate who has the least number of votes is eliminated and all their votes are thrown out, uh, and, and uh, um, you go they, they down go down the, the tiers. They, yeah, they you go, go to the, the second, second tier, third tier. And then tier. those people get those votes. And if we have more than 50%, then they win. And if not, then we take the last person and throw it out. Okay. So that's how that works. Right. Um, in this way, and in this example, the majority of people who would split their vote among the six similar candidates could all mark the others in that group of six. Um, as their second, third, and fourth choices so that when their favorite candidate gets knocked out, then they still have a voice. Yeah, this is exactly why I did this
0: with their movies because there'd be a movie, I'd pick five or six movies for us to watch and someone really doesn't want to watch one of them. Yeah. So they they rank it last, yeah, right, and, yeah. and if if a couple of people feel that way, it's just not going to make the cut, right. And so that was the whole thing is like, they're, it's let's perfect. get rid of the bad eggs, yeah, and the ones that we can all kind of agree upon are going to move to the top. Even if it's it your makes se- sense to me, so I do it in my
1: house. Ch- second choice in your house for if everybody's second choice maybe actually be the winner, right? Because it because it represents the majority of the people. That's there. correct. Yeah, it's just becoming super popular, and it's going to be used this year in uh, New York City's mayoral race. Okay. Yeah. Um, In addition to the advantages I've already mentioned, it also helps candidates to stay in the race who know that they're going to lose, um, but they might be tempted to drop out for fear that they're splitting votes unnecessarily. So they're going to be willing to stay in the race. And I think it's great to have robust debate for as long as possible before the election. And then I think that this kind of thing is going to encourage that. Mm -hmm. And another advantage... Third-party candidates, that's what we, you just mentioned a moment yeah. ago, third-party candidates don't automatically lose. You can vote, for example, in the presidential election, you can vote for the Green Party or the Libertarian Party as your first choice, and then a major party candidate as your second choice. Right. And so it brings those third parties to the table. Right. For sure. I just love this idea. And that's I think a great would, idea. I think it would revolutionize. Are there any pitfalls that you can think of or heard of? Or? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Well, well, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I take that back. There are, and that is it's a little bit confusing.
0: Only okay. slightly
1: confusing, right that you've got to that we yeah. used to have a system where you just you pick the one you want. but this you have to actually look at all the candidates and uh, you know have, right. have you know so that's a little bit more work on the voter's part. Yeah. But I think most people who are voting now, it's not that big a deal to to, um, yeah. you know, to, to explain this. I, don't, I think that's a hurdle we can overcome easily.
0: You know, we'd have to come up with different animals than a donkey and an elephant. <laughs>
1: That's right. What's the Green Party yeah, animal, the Libertarian really, uh, Party animal? It could be
0: really there. difficult. You get a third party and the animal's a chinchilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or an earthworm. Right. High protein.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this is already been um, used in the state of Maine for all of their state um, okay. elections. Mm-hmm. Also in the state of Alaska for their state elections. Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, Malta, Northern Ireland, Scotland, they all use this exclusively. Okay. Yeah. Lots of municipalities in the United States are using it, and yeah. it's just becoming more popular, and I'm really yeah. excited about it. Well,
0: I'm already using this in my house, as I said. So yeah, and you, it works well? You got me sold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it
1: works well. Yeah. So let me give you my third my third idea. Yeah. Here's the third problem. The The problem is money in politics. Oh, yeah. Is that a problem? Oh, yeah. That's huge. Numbers vary, but generally speaking, members of Congress spend significantly more time raising money for elections than they do in any form of legislating.
0: Yeah, that is a serious problem.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: Yep. It's
1: really, really bad.
0: And just the idea that we started with, is that someone could be a tradesmith. They could, you know, yeah. Paul Revere's a silversmith, right? right? Uh, you have a trade, and then you go serve in public office in some way, and you go back to your trade. Yeah. We have career politicians. We have all the insider trading. People That's get awesome. set up for life. At, and so it's like, you know, it becomes a, 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 a who can win the lottery? If right. you win this election, right. you're going to be set up. That's a terrible idea. It's horrible. Open to all kinds of corruption and, and poor motivations. Horrible. Yeah.
1: Horrible. Yeah. Where do they get all uh, this money? They get it from wealthy donors, from lobbyists, from special interest groups, from companies. Yep. I know that you know about this. Yes, and right? then they
0: want those people to support their business, their ideas, exactly. enterprises. Yep.
1: Exactly. We're buying our elections. Totally. Since the Citizens United case, the Supreme Court says that corporations have the same rights of free speech as people do. And that uh, money donations are free speech. So they can give as much as they want to influence elections. Mm -hmm. Since that decision, PACs and super PACs are able to hide their donors who give as much money as they want from um, companies. Companies are allowed to give as much money as they want to influence the elections, and no one has to know what it is. Can you you see a conflict of interest here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness,
0: yes. I mean, companies that are supported by legislation then giving to the
1: people who are supporting them uh, or protected by federal laws. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, It's really, really bad. Um, so good politicians on the right and the left both see this as a huge problem. This is not a partisan issue. Mm. The topic of campaign finance reform has been a huge issue for many, many decades now, and they keep chipping away at it. But as soon as they close one loophole, the companies find another loophole to exploit. I mean, it's just happened for yep. generations now. And so I think that the answer is not trying to limit the donations. They're always going to find a way. Uh-huh. They're always going to find a way. So there is a better answer to the better answer to solve this issue. I think is to overwhelm the money from companies with money from everyday Americans. Let me explain what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an idea floating out there. I didn't come up with this, but I love this idea um, for the federal government to give every eligible voter a hundred dollars a year that can only be given to candidates to federal office in their election campaigns. Mm-hmm. And if we do that then the candidates then, then there'll be so much money that is in the hands of the american people to give to whomever they want whatever election campaign they want um that uh the voters will be um will be able to overwhelm the money that's coming from the super okay. PACs and now, the companies now I'm
0: assuming that money's not actually changing hands it'd be more like a designation
1: Exactly, designation. Right. So it's, it's so it's a way for you to say of uh, so $100 I don't get $100 right but uh, there's some I form I can my, go. I want my hundred dollars yeah. to go to uh, presidential candidate whoever or senator right. candidate whoever, yeah, um, in their election campaign, right? Um, from a money perspective, right now we have about 240 million eligible voters in the United States. So if we give everybody hundred dollars to spend, of course they don't get the money. They they can just designate it, right? Then they, then that would uh, that would mean. If everyone spent the money, of course, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to do it. But um, if everyone did, that would be $24 billion dumped, pumped into the election um, at the most. Uh huh. Um, okay. Um, that's about, uh, that sounds like a lot of money. That is four tenths of a percent of the federal budget right now. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. We can definitely do this. Um, and if we do that, then it will completely overwhelm all the money spent by companies. And then the people who are, um, trying to be elected, they don't need to cater to companies and super PACs mm-hmm. and wealthy people. It's it's all funded by the hands of the American people at that point. And then they are trying to appeal to everyday Americans and right. not having their not hands companies, tied. not companies, not right. ha- having their hands tied right by companies. Trying to keep the deep pockets pleased. Absolutely, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, also, for in, in terms of numbers, super PACs, um, which that's where the the huge m- amounts of money are. They have raised three point four billion dollars in the last ten years. I see since since that um, uh, decision by the Supreme Court, and so compare that with the potential of twenty four billion dollars every election cycle. Yeah, it's um, yeah even if even if a quarter of people designate their money, um, it still completely overwhelms the entire system, and then the money from the companies becomes irrelevant. Yes. Um, I think that's a great idea. I love this idea. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm going to ponder that because that, that's definitely interesting. Never heard it before, but man, we we got we to solve this problem.
1: Yeah. And I think that cr- trying to close loopholes, it's not going to do it. Right. It's not going to do it because they're going to find another loophole. The, um, the people who are closing the loopholes are the people who have motivation not to close the loopholes. Right. Because they're getting their money from the people who want to exploit the loopholes. Right. That's why their loopholes will never be closed. They'll never be closed. Yeah. What would
0: you say about the, the fact that money that comes into the government is misused? You know, the, the corruption piece. Sure. Um, you know, that, that, that not only is there, uh, we're talking about campaigns, we're just talking about being a legislator. Sure. And the perks that you get and the, the complete inability of our government to track how money is being exploited for political gains and manipulation and control.
1: Yeah, I think that's terrible. I am for a smaller government, for sure, uh-huh. for those reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, for Well, no, smaller government. Yeah, smaller government.
0: Yeah, I tend to like smaller government, too. Yes. Um, uh, you want to shift right now?
1: Sure. Yeah,
0: I want to tell you, uh, I, one of the things that I've learned is that um, when I say smaller government... I am referring to less corruption, yes um, fewer nitpicky rules and yes. regulations, yes, yes. Um, I want more free enterprise, yes. which does not mean necessarily republican no, right that does not mean that we we're, no. we're moving to a free enterprise. Let me tell you one of the things that I really, really have learned is a huge injustice okay and it's it 's come from uh, insurance companies, yeah, insurance companies, of course, now we have this we 're trying to figure out our healthcare system, yeah. which we can talk about. We, I think we have, we have differing, slightly differing views, and we can get to that we some other do. time. Uh-huh. Um, so let me just tell you the problem. The problem is that insurance companies are now deciding what treatments are being done for people. Sure. So be, since they control the money and people have to have insurance and they need insurance, um, the, the procedures that they require that a doctor thinks they need, they have to go get approval for those mm-hmm. from an insurance company, which is designed to make money. So they want to take your premiums but they don't want to give out any claims. That's their job. That's the way they make their money and That's they make right. a lot of money. Yeah, okay. Doctors are not making too much money. Mhm. You know, relatively. Yeah, relatively speaking. They're not they they have they have bills to pay with their Most doctors are making
1: more money than I am.
0: Well, sure, but they also went to school longer.
1: You well, know, I don't know about that, but I, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, on average, right. On, it,
0: for people who go to school, they go to school a long time. Sure. And then there's oh, training, yeah. all the training, you know, so that they have expensive bills to pay. Sure. They do. And they do a great service to our nation. Indeed. I mean, we need more doctors. We're losing doctors all the time. I know we are. And you know why? Because they're sitting in an office and they're filling out questionnaires to insurance companies who have denied claims.
1: I know many doctors who do that all day That's why they fed up. Yep. They
0: came to help people and to practice medicine, and all they're doing now is, is a busy work yep. for an insurance company that's only trying to affect their bottom line. You want some examples? I have a friend who has cancer, mm-hmm. and she needs medicine. Mm-hmm. She's had cancer for years, and it responds well to the medicine. Mm-hmm. The medicine is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, the insurance company doesn't want to keep paying for this medicine. Right. So now they've denied her. Now, she needs this medicine to live, mm-hmm. and she has to battle the insurance company through her doctors and all the ways possible, and the insurance company is just trying to wear her out, mm-hmm. and they hope that she dies, mm-hmm. because they don't want to pay for her medicine anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's horrible injustice. Yeah, They'll take diabetics, and they'll deny them their insulin, mm-hmm. what they need to live. Mm-hmm. The system is
1: broken. Right? It's really broken. It's, it's uh, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, there's a sense in which, I, I, let me play devil's advocate here. Yep. I want to push back on you a little bit, but yeah. I think we're going to end up in the same place. Yeah, yeah. But here's the pushing back, and that is um, companies have to make money, and, and really expensive um, uh, medicine is going to last someone's lifetime, and especially if it extends their life, that means that they've got to keep taking that medicine for a very, very long time. Yeah. And if it's very expensive, then the co- company can't have too many of those people on the, on the payroll, so to speak, Right. You know, otherwise they're going to go bankrupt. Right. So
0: the answer isn't to kill those people. Right. Right. So the answer may involve bigger government. Mm -hmm. I don't like big government, Mm -hmm. but we do need regulations. We've seen this in history with with the transfer of money and the the misuse of people and the population with tycoons that could then dominate, They have a monopoly, and the government has had to step in and say, we have to bust this up somehow Mm -hmm. because people are being exploited. Right. And so we have to solve this problem. And yeah. I'm not saying that that we're going to we're going to give credence to people who are abusing the system. Sure. I know that's an issue, but that is something that we can handle. Mm-hmm. The problem is that, that people who need treatment are being denied and this is personal for me mm-hmm. because my wife has needed treatment and she's been denied. Yes. So she needs, you know, a procedure done and they won't pay anything. Yeah. And or they'll they'll deny her the day of the procedure. Right. So we, we're all ready to go. We've taken off work. Everything's in place. Um, we've got coverage for the kids. You name it. We, yep. we show up and we find out that we can't have the procedure because we've been denied. Yep. They could have done this weeks ago. Right. But they purposely do this to drag their feet, to extend the process, yes. to, to exhaust you and make you... Uh, just so discouraged that you either don't get procedures of the care that you need or you just pay for them.
1: I'll tell you the big problem that I have with this is a moral problem and um, namely that your wife and your friend and others like them mm-hmm. and that I know as well uh, are seen as sources of money rather than as human beings Yeah, in their health and so your wife is um, a, a way for insurance companies to make money and a risk, in, as a, and they're not at all looking at her. They're looking at her as a number completely, and not as a human being, which she is. And her life, and her well-being, and her health, uh, is all um, sacred in, the, in terms of being made in the image of God. Right. And all people are. And this is she's being reduced. Her life is being reduced to a commodity. I think that's very different than other commodities and services that we have in our economy, where a hot dog, you go raise the price on a hot dog right. You try to gouge someone with a hot dog. You're trying to sell them or whatever on a hot dog and a hot yeah. dog is the thing. Hot dog is not made in the image of God. Right. Your wife is. Yeah. And for some... Hot dogs to, are free economy by the way. Health I, insurance is not. You know? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you can't... There, there's no competition with health insurance companies. Right.
1: They, they're limited per location. Right. Right. That's a, that's a separate issue as it well. Is, yeah. yeah. It's huge. Well, and I think... and. Okay, so tying back into um, uh, the, the election reform, yeah. so much of, our, of the laws that are written there are, are written because health insurance companies who have so much money have written the laws themselves right. and sent them over to the senator, to the congressperson, and said, Here is the law I want passed that will benefit me financially. Yeah. And if it passes, I will give you- It's going to benefit you financially benefit, too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're like, oh, let me see how I can argue for yeah. this well. Yeah. So you I know, can stay in power. Yeah. You know what some doctors do when they retire? What's that? They go work
0: for insurance companies. Oh, yeah. Lots. Denying claims. Yes. Yes. And and in some way, I say, didn't you take a Hippocratic oath? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know they're there as a safety, right? Yeah. To make sure that people aren't abusing the system. Sure. But they're also under- the the direction of that insurance company, they're payrolled by the insurance company, and they are told the business is denying claims, right? Jamming people up, making things last as long as possible, get them into the next calendar year. Let's get that deductible again. Yeah. It's all business run, and you're right, that's a moral problem because we're talking about people and their health and their livelihood and whether they live or die. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, my wife in her in her struggles went on disability. Yeah. So we pay premiums to a company. For disability, they uh, she gets on long term disability, which she is absolutely entitled to. Yeah, and then they drop her. Yeah, yeah. So then I go to a lawyer and I find out from the lawyer that they're protected by federal law. Mm-hmm. I cannot sue them for damages because right. of their criminal behavior. We f- we uncovered some stuff. The lawyer discovered that they had cut and paste doctors' notes and reports. Mm. Where else is that? That would be fraud anywhere else. Yeah, that is criminal behavior. Yeah. And and yet I can't sue them for anything more than getting her benefits turned back on, mm. and then the lawyer takes a third of them because we got to pay legal fees. Mm. Mm. That is a messed up system. Yeah. It it drives litigiousness. It 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 doesn't support the people who need the support. and yeah. so, so just follow the money, right? Sure. Drug companies, insurance companies. Yeah. 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 It, I don't think doctors are the issue. I think the issue has to do with big business, and it's and it's embed with government.
1: Yeah. Completely. Um, and this is why my third suggestion here is to overwhelm. the. We need to change the laws. Right. I don't, I don't know any other way uh, but to change the laws to allow uh, us to hold insurance companies accountable. Right. Right now the laws don't allow us to do that. Right. And I understand why because these the people who make the laws are writing them in such a way to uh, advantage the people who are helping them. Right. And that's not the American people.
0: Yeah, we you know let's throw it in the hopper, but we we should talk about what we think should happen to healthcare. Fair enough. Yeah. Right
1: now is elections. Right. Yeah, and I got gotcha. you. We, we need to. I cha- keep bending your topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over. No, but it I'm makes hot sense. And passionate. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's keep talking about that. But it, right. with the, but with elections, it's um, it, the system is messed up because it doesn't represent people. And you're giving a really clear example that it right. doesn't represent people. The the people who are elected, even the most idealistic, starry-eyed ones of them that say, I just want to help people. You know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Um, they they so quickly uh, realize that, wait a second, I'm spending 80% of my time raising money yep. for an election and only 20% of my time actually doing legis- any sort of legislating Right. until what if I just take this you know, uh, twenty million dollar donation from someone and then I have to and then it starts the slippery slope, and that's there right. you go, you're off to the races. Yep. And it's how it is for everybody.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's really crazy. It's a mess. And along with that, you see just general reform for Congress. They need to have the same retirement accounts. They need to have the same laws sure. about their oh, pensions. Yeah. I mean, not the pensions, yeah. their, their, their own health care. Yes. They need to be legislating what affects all of us. They right. can't have their separate systems right. Right. in right. place right. and then tell us how we're going to live. Right.
1: I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. And uh, I'm for small government. But this is we need to change this. But we're for justice. But for yeah. justice, that's right. And actually, what I'm trying to do, what I'm thinking with, this, with the money, with the third uh, solution here, is I love the idea. This puts the power in the hands of the American people, and it flows actually through the federal government. But the, it doesn't grow, the, in my opinion, it doesn't grow the federal government because it's not giving them power. It's actually giving power to the people, Right. which is what I think is what we need. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to make some people upset. Some powerful people. I'm going to make powerful people upset. Yes, that's right. But isn't that what Jesus did? Yeah. Hey, listen, we have um three people have given us a great review Nice on um the Apple podcast. Um Carl five seven two says these guys are hilarious. Thank you, Carl. Hmm. Um I guess. Okay. If that's your kind of thing. It is mine. I'll, i I enjoy right. talking with you. Buddy H one two three says, These guys make my day. Okay, that's great. Yep, yep. And then uh Rob Gandhi Realtor, um I have no idea who that is. Oh, I do. Do you? Oh yeah. Who's that? He's a buddy of mine in Philly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Went Rob. to my church plant. Hey, Rob. Rob yeah. gave us a five star review. He says, "I love how these guys are honest in their conversations and entertaining while also bringing it back to scripture." Man, that's fantastic, Rob. Thanks for listening. Yeah, a Rob. Shout out. Yeah. All right. Very good. Hey, Dave, we got a response from one of our listeners, Mark Norman. All right. And uh, he really is enjoying the podcast. He sent us an article that he wanted us to respond to from Wired Magazine. And I read the article, and I thought it was really, really interesting. Um, The title of it is, I Called Off My Wedding, The Internet Will Never Forget. It's a long article with lots of interesting things. But but basically, the author, what the author says is that she... Was engaged, and she put that um, uh, you know, um, on, f- on Facebook that she got okay. engaged. What a happy day. Social media. Yeah, social she- I'm engaged. Going to get married. Got exactly. it. Exactly. So then the, all her stuff is linked, of course, the way it is for so many of us. Yeah. And so she's shopping for wedding dresses and shopping for flowers and they're And whatever. selling
0: all this advertisements on her and exactly. putting cookies on her machine. So you I know exactly
1: it. how that works. Uh-huh. Well, something happened, in, and she doesn't talk about it in the article too much, but something happened, and then they called off the wedding. Well, when the wedding day came that was supposed to be, uh, their computer didn't know that her wedding didn't happen. Uh. And so what happened is that they are saying, oh, what a wonderful day for you and your uh, loved one or whatever right. who they got married and then in the future so they, they it knows what date it is it's, it constantly is every year it reminds her saying happy of, anniversary exactly and this yeah. is oh you remember when you were so happy because you got engaged and here's a picture of you holding yeah, up your a hand memory. with the ring Here's your, of memory. your most painful moment of, <laughs> it, of yeah. and that's precisely your happiest, but yes, eventually
0: a most painful moment.
1: And that's what, and so mm. it was reminding her of her most painful moment, um, on uh, in the anniversary of a really hard right. time. And then she, so she kind of dived into that a little bit. Um, yeah. And this is happening with um, miscarriages. Yikes. Um, and with, I mean, you can imagine all the things right. that you don't want to be reminded that we're happy uh-huh. that have turned sad, and there are many things in our lives like that. And she's finding all kinds of people now. I'm, I do very little with social media, and I know that mm. you that's the same for you as well. And so I didn't, I wasn't aware of this phenomenon, but it uh-huh. it makes perfect sense. And what she says is that what's happened with Facebook and with Instagram and with Twitter and all these things is that these these algorithms really have become our pseudo-friends. Hmm. So that um, I'm supposed to, you know, here's someone who actually remembers my anniversary every year yeah. and can and congratulate me for my anniversary and congratulate yeah. me for my birthday and for my child's birthday and such and such. Right. And so, and it used to be real friends would do that right. in society. But now we don't have real friends the same way, uh, not the same way anyway. And so our algorithm, this feels like friendship mm-hmm. when it's really not. Because when, when they remind you, oh, you, this is the anniversary of your engagement. How wonderful for you. Right. You must be so excited. That the algorithm cannot read your face and say, oh, right, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? The algorithm doesn't do that for you. Right. It just leaves you to stew on your own.
0: Yeah. Now, do you think that the intention of this programming Mm -hmm. is to bless people with a memory and say, hey, look at this. This was fun. Or do you think it is- Hell no. It's certainly, it's trying to promote that response, right? They're not trying to rub pain in your face. Oh, no, 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 no. But- don't you think the true intent is to um, to l- addict you to yes. social media completely to completely. to psychologically yes. impact your life in a way that you
1: have to have this program? You get a hit of that feel good drug into your brain mm-hmm. that's supposed to happen when you interact with a friend who acknowledges you and sees mm-hmm. you and celebrates with you. Yeah. So that's supposed to happen when you connect with a friend. Uh-huh. Now they're hacking it, hacking your brain, so that, it ha- that you get that same feel-good drug in your brain when you're connecting with Facebook or right. with Instagram or with Twitter. Or at with least
0: Twitter. relationships that are more artificial and distant. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, so you believe this is a market-driven, nefarious... Completely. Uh, we're we're, we're going to build our company in our bottom line. Completely. By, by manipulating psychology. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes.
1: That's right. And in this case, it's causing hurt. Right. And Facebook has figured out some of this. Apparently, they're starting to make um, changes to help with that, um, to, to change their algorithm, to try and account for things like this. Um, but I think that that's just, it, it makes it more nefarious um, that it's so cl- it's trying to closer and closer approximate a person yeah so that you have a pseudo relationship of with someone who uh, can never oppose you and who will always uh, you know be on your side about everything
0: yeah and has all these memories photographic memories that you have provided it
1: exactly that it can recount for you yeah so it says here remember this time when we did this together and like it doesn't remember you at all it's just like giving you back exactly what you fed it it's prompting your memory Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh now i guess in most cases
0: people are putting in memories that were cherished yes Uh, here's a picture of some family vacation of course and so to have it reiterated in some way in the future is nice kind of like uh one of those those uh pictures that changes throughout your 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 rolodex of photos yes it electronically changes the photograph, and you see photographs that otherwise you're not looking at. And right. I could see where that could be uh, a benefit or a blessing. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it is hurting someone.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. In a way that they're not intending to. Yeah. yeah. But I think what it does, I honestly, quite honestly, I'm not as concerned about the hurt that it, that it um, gives to somebody in uh-huh. the moment as I am that— The human attachment to exactly. computers. Exactly. Exactly. It demonstrates Uh just how dependent we are on these things and how it is trying to lure us into a false sense of friendship.
0: Yes. Um, Yes. And there's a documentary or two out there that I need to watch. I haven't seen them yet. It probably would be something that we could bring to bear yeah. in this conversation. But I can tell you that the the real innovators in this, they don't let their kids have cell phone used exactly. the way the rest That's of the country is. That's very true. And, you know, we were super strict relative to everyone else. We were too. Um, mm-hmm. Our kids did not have cell phones until they were 10th graders, mm-hmm. until um, so they were sophomores in high school. And all of their friends, for the most part, had them even in elementary school Mm -hmm. and had full internet access in many cases and we had trouble with that we had to police this and um and try to protect our kids from all the things that are on the internet the moment that i gave them this phone even with its limitations even with its downtime and parameters um i have grieved the impact that it has had on our family me too and if i could wave a wand this may sound extreme but I would have the entire cell phone and social media industry disappear. Me too, a hundred percent. And because you and I grew up without all that stuff, right. I mean, the, the internet was just just kind of getting around when we were in college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it wasn't but a few people who really had access to it. And, right. You know, email wasn't a big thing, and yeah, and and we made plans. And you had a watch. Yeah. And you learned directions, or you bought a map. Yeah. Or, or an atlas of sure. maps. Sure. And you, uh, you know, you, you we're going to meet at the mall at this time. And you you, you went there and you met your friends or they didn't make it for some reason. But that was really rare. Yeah. And and I've noticed that with cell phone usage, um, you make plans with someone, it is very likely that they're going to break those plans mm-hmm. because they can just text you and say, oh, this happened or that happened. I'm mm-hmm. not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the day, you kept your word and you showed up. Otherwise, they're sitting there at the mall waiting for you. Yeah, right. There's no phone to get a hold of them. Yeah. There's no text message. Right. And in some ways, there was better community. Oh, better not in some ways. In almost every way, better. You know, uh, keeping your word. There's something better planning.
1: Yeah, there's something to the Amish and Mennonite communities that uh, want to make sure that we that technology is used for good and not bad, and mm-hmm. and they're going to put strict strict rules around it. Yeah,
0: it's funny because we make fun of those communities in our in our you know yeah. At times that are perhaps inappropriate, or mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that's a good thing um, to make fun of people, but sure. but you, we have cracked jokes about their, of course, their uh, the disinterest, lack of accessibility uh, with technology and all that. But there really is a price to pay, huge, and I don't think we even realize what the the implications of this far. You know, twenty years from now what this is going to do to our society what mm-hmm. this is doing to our children mm-hmm. and our, our grandchildren to come what kind of world mm-hmm. is it going to be and and I, I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy you know in my day this and that and I'm sure every generation feels that to some degree as things progress and things sure. change and people are resistant to change Yeah. but um, we at least need to ponder uh, what just because we have new technology doesn't mean that we don't limit it or we don't we don't consider its impact. That's right. We must do that. That's we right. Must.
1: That's right. That's right. For me, I have very little reason to be on social media, and I'm just not very interested.
0: Yeah. 2020 really wrecked it for me. Hmm. Um, 2020 with the the hotbed of polarization politically. Yeah. 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 With the the rise and fall of Donald Trump and mm-hmm. the um, the COVID. Yeah. Um, and then all the conspiracy mm-hmm. theories and the the lashing out at one another politically yeah. on both sides of the aisle it right. was despicable. Yeah, and I realized this is I don't want to hear these voices. Indeed, I don't want to control people's voices. You know that yeah. that's their platform; they can use it how they want. And just because I, I mean, I had one friend who was really upset with me posting things about injustices done to children, which is one of the things I've decided to post about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know kids being abused or manipulated yeah. for sex and things yeah. like that and yeah. and his point was hey this is this is about families sharing their family photos and we don't yeah. want I don't look at all this heavy garbage and my point and I didn't respond but my point was don't tell me how to use my voice yeah right this is my platform you got your own wall yeah, you know right post my right. things that don't tell me that this is the way it has to be done you know right. you're not in charge of this sure. and so I don't want to be guilty of that um, at the same time I, I couldn't stand right. social media 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, abysmal. And now if I look at it, it's only to get little tidbits of information about my friends. And I'm I'm all but ghosting it. Yeah. I've kind of told myself, you know what? You're going to stop responding to these things. You're going to stop liking. You're going to stop yeah. putting little hearts or little comments. You're just going to stop.
1: you got to stop all that. Yeah. But
0: I still like to have some connection Man, with it's people. it's easy so, to get sucked in. Yeah, so I'll I'll scroll through and see some of you know, their family pictures or things that are going on and... And I enjoy that.
1: I've started calling people more instead of looking on social media. They made for what's going on. Mm-hmm. To, you made an
0: intentional change to connect in, in a more real way.
1: In a more real way than social media. I've tried, although it's easy to get sucked in. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's
0: kind of shocking if you go and you look at the amount of time that you were spending, or you know, mm-hmm. you sit there and you look at a few things and you think it's been 10 minutes, but you go look at the time you've actually spent and it's 20 some minutes. Right. And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, for hours sure. can get away from you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks for listening to The Hopper Podcast. Now it's your turn to join in the conversation. What do you think about election reform? What do you you think of these ideas? Write us at thehopperpodcast
0: at gmail.com or record a short voice memo on your phone and send it to thehopperpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Let's keep the conversation going about things that matter and things that don't. Yeah, so join
0: us next time when we'll discuss Queen Amidala's makeup choices.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking about. They're a little rough. I'm sure you oh, know someone no, needs no, to no, hear no. that. Oh, you like it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Someone's got a, someone you know probably wants to hear this show. Be a pal, tell them about the show, send them a link, and if they still don't listen, mock their haircut without mercy. I like to do that anyway. Be sure to subscribe or follow. You don't want to miss that episode. We can also talk about her poor running skills. Fair enough. The Hopper Podcast is produced with the help of Napoleon Dynamite's llama. I like that guy.